Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages. It is us, the Blunt Force Gamers. Coming to you live from the floor. Yeah, so weird noises may ensue, uh, extra echo and stuff. We're in the middle of a moving party. Yep. And the studio happens to be a living room, so things have been moved around. Quite a bit. It is I, Game Goblin, with my co-hosts as always. The Moniker. Hello, folks. Kazarkan, the Lord Dragon. And Darth Blasphemous. Hail to the dark side. Dude, it's your fault we're on the floor. Blasphemous. Hey, I'm sorry, are you funding a fucking recording studio right now? No. Oh, he got you. Because <laughs> um, I've got a tooth to deal with. Fuck that bitch. Well, I'm put talking your lightsabers back in your pants, gentlemen. I believe we have a topic. <laughs> Blasphemous. Yes, we're going to be talking about board games. Which ones have held up and what are our new favorites? <laughs> That's what I gotta say. Hmm. <laughs> Alright then. Well, I guess I'll start. Um, I've always... I've, I've liked... Uh, Cribbage is technically a cardboard game. It's a bit of both. Um, you know. But I think... What I've also liked has been... Uh, Munchkin Quest. Munchkin Quest. Tell us about that. So Munchkin Quest, if for those of you that are familiar with Steve Jackson Games and the Munchkin series, period know that it is fundamentally a dungeon crawl. Munchkin Quest takes the game from just cards to an actual 2D room layout where you have to go in, discover rooms, deal with the room environments, and the monsters, maybe, and then make your way back out once you hit the top level and beat the final boss to walk your way out. It's, it falls in with all the normal Munchkin tropes, you know, stupid, chicanery, uh, backstabbing, crazed arsenal building, everything. But you also have the added feeling of that you're exploring the dungeon as you go, actually legitimately exploring. It's kind of fun. I am so excited right now. Bro? Oh yeah. Cribbage. <laughs> Isn't that what they played the old folks' home? Oh uh, yeah, probably like twenty years ago before they all died. Oh, oh, sandbag. Wow. You know, to be fair though, I like uh, that's the one where you have like little pegs and stuff, right? Yep, I play that with my dad. It, it, it's fun. I, I've actually been trying to um, uh, learn a lot of the classic card games because I just feel like it's something I, I should know. You know, like play like blackjack or some shit like that. I mean, hell, that's where kind of they all started to a degree. But, uh, do you guys mind if I go next? Go, go for ahead. it. You're okay. already on the mic. Alright, uh, I'm trying to find the name of the game. It's, uh, it's a Japanese board game, but it's really kind of, uh, it's almost a relaxing board game. Uh, if I remember the name, I will say it. I Sounds know. like you're describing Tokaido already. Yeah, Tokaido, that's it. I yeah. have that. Yeah, Tokaido, it's a fun game. You know, you yeah, just... it's right there. Like, right off to my left shoulder. You oh, can't sh- see it from where you're at. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's Hokkaido. That's a really fun game. 
Uh, you just go through the Japan collecting little collectibles and uh, uh, little keepsakes and stuff, and uh, uh, it's been a while. But I, I just remember playing it a couple times with my brother and the rest of the family and always really enjoying it. And I think they have some expansions, too, but that's a really fun one. Um, Dead of Night is another really fun one in its expansions. That's kind of like a... Uh, I guess you could say a board game equivalent of PvE, where it's uh, survivors going out foraging for... Uh, you know, resources, food. Oh, give me some of that Sharpie ASMR. Is it, um, while you're talking, I'm going to get high. Okay, okay, okay. Get high. Well, I talk Fuck, about it's dry erase. God damn it. <laughs> Why do you have shitty markers? I can't get high off that. I can't get high off that shit. Ugh. Yo, I got Sharpies on the table. All right, well, I got the Sharpies here in a sec. So, Dead of Night. Uh, it's PvE. You're going out foraging for food and your group of survivors. You take in uh, your main base. I think it's like a prison where you're held up, kind of very Walking Dead-esque, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and each turn there's, like, you know, zombies that try and get in, so you have to fortify, you have to, um, go through without making a sound, it's really, uh, it's a really intense game, like, um, really, uh, lots of good, um, good. strategizing between the players, uh, lots of cooperation, and, like, the tensions that can arise, it's, um, like I said, it's just really intense. I know I'm repeating myself here because I'm shit at describing things, as we all know. But I would definitely recommend, uh, what's it called again? Tokaido. Tokaido, god damn it. Yeah. How do you not remember that name? You cut reasons! Uh, so yeah, I recommend Tokaido and, uh, Dead of Night. Huh? Tokaido! Tokaido! Arigato gozaimasu! Alright, I'm gonna take the hot mic next. Yamate! Alright, alright, let, let Blasphemous speak. <laughs> like, we're having fun, but alright, right, so, what I've got going on for classic games, now, me and my family played this a lot, but we played motherfucking Monopoly, right? Oh, the, the, the classic family and friendship ruiner. I don't know, we stayed together pretty strong, but we had a 1960s edition, we didn't even have the freaking uh, boat. Oh, you have yeah. the classic, classic, classic. Yeah, we've got the one with the little cannon. Huh? <laughs> yeah. That would be dope. I'm Whoa, moving my mic. in board gaming? Yeah. But, uh, no, like, that was the classic game. Like, we'd play for hours. We'd bust it out on weekends. We, we weren't really the Scrabble type. <laughs> I like Scrabble. <laughs> um, but, yeah, other stuff uh, for new games. For me, number one, Betrayal at House on the Hill. It's oh, yeah. I knew you were going to bring it up. Yeah. And they've got so many expansions and other versions. In fact, they're doing a Scooby-Doo one, I believe. Oh, yeah. You had mentioned that before we started recording. It, well, no, that was Scooby-Doo Clue. That oh, Scooby-Doo Clue. Was printed a little while oh, ago. Oh, okay, okay. But it was like Scoob. It was Daphne and the... Oh, my God. Soinks! Soinks, man! <laughs> I can't do like a good Scoob. shaggy. <laughs> By the way, have you seen uh, the guy who voices Fred? Uh, I know... Fred Welker, I think his name is. He sounds exactly like he did back in the late 60s. <laughs> it is the craziest thing. He can just... Fred, right into it. Well, it's like the guy who did Optimus Prime, you know. He was a, what, 20-something when he first did that voice, and he's still around today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, with Optimus Prime's voice, uh, no offense to the voice actor, I'm meaning no disrespect here, but you can kind of hear his age a little bit nowadays. 
But the guy who voices Fred from Scooby-Doo, immediately, he just goes back, like, 50, 40 years. <laughs> That's always spooky. Yeah, it is. It, I would highly recommend looking up uh, Fred's voice actor, because that dude is, he's cool. As a side note, not board giving, but... Yeah. Wouldn't that be kind of, like, weird to be a voice actor? Uh-huh. And, you know, you're doing the horizontal hokey pokey. Yeah. And you just whip out your voice actor... You know, the voice like, Oh, do you like that baby? Mm, I'm so angry. This is how I hate fuck. Mm. Well, you know what's funny <laughs> is, um, uh, Sean Schemmel, actually, the voice of Goku, for those who don't know, or uh, Rolf from Med Ed and Eddie, if you know him from there, um, or Bulby from Jimmy Neutron. He was actually asked that question, does he ever make any of his character voices in bed? And he said, no, because my wife doesn't like it. He said, not during sex, but sometimes if they're just lying in bed trying to fall asleep, he'll break into the King Kai voice. And like, <laughs> be like, mm, Goku. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll like, get really fucking mad at him. Like, if I become a professional voice actor, which is my pipe dream, you can bet your ass <laughs> I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> that was a fun sidetrack there for a moment. Alright, Gob, we haven't heard anything from you. Okay. Board games. Board games. Uh, shit. I'm not a big fan of board games. However. 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 Rat, I do know of two games that make me very, very angry, yet excitable at the same time. What, EA the board game? EA the board game? <laughs> EA the board game? Yeah, I, I bought it and it was just a pair of buns, but I had to get the lettuce, tomato, and hamburger all separately. <laughs> they were a surprise mechanics for a board game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, actually, the first one I'm going to start with is a game called Talisman. Talisman. Ooh, Talisman, Talisman okay, is okay. a dungeon crawler kind of game. Mm. The whole point is to get to the end of the dungeon before everyone else... And yes, you can fight other players. There's PvP involved, even though I'm not a big fan of PvP. There is like one guy who's like, oh, that dude's getting close to the end, and everybody will fucking gank up on him. Yeah. And, well, that sounds like Munchkin. Yeah, it's kind of like Munchkin in that regard. You'll gank someone because the point is, of course, you want to be the most powerful on the board. You want to get to the end of the board. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, you got to start watching for other players. Like, the game always starts off really friendly near the beginning. And about midpoint through, people start ganking one another to take their loot and trophies and stuff. And uh, naturally, my favorite character in that was the Minotaur. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unfucking stoppable. <laughs> Once you start stacking up on uh, health counters, because as you do fights in the game, you level up. Yeah. And I just had a shit ton of health and a shit ton of strength. No mana. Who, who who fucking needs spells? I'm a minotaur, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. I got like a whole spell book and I'm like, mm, don't care. I have horns on the side of my head. That's all I People need. People would come up and they would just like try to trounce my minotaur and I'd be like, Fuck you. Never got to the end of that game because somebody else would always like... Because you have to think, of course. You know, you got to plan like a few moves ahead. And we always had like these other players who were playing more intellectually along with that and they would sneak past me and get to the end of the dungeon and do stuff and I would be still left holding the fucking corsage after prom being Aww. where's my date <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that one the game is a lot of fun the first few times especially uh-huh. since the miniatures are very uh, they feel how should I say games workshop in appearance 
Okay. Yeah, the modeling is very similar. So if you're a fan of Warhammer, it's easy to look at the models and be like, oh, well, I take interest from that just alone. All right. That actually gets me interested. Yes. I'll check and it out. That's the, why the, you said the, it. Uh, yeah. the miniatures in that game were actually really stand up. They were very quality miniatures for the time, even though they were made out of plastic. All right. So they, they, they had quality miniatures, good gameplay mechanics. Your characters could level up. It had a big in-game goal, and the entire game board, uh, especially with all four expansions, felt very much like a dungeon adventure. You could adventure with other people, but it would turn into Hunger Games. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, so you can buddy up with somebody and go, like, take on shit side by side, but as you get closer to the end, you're like, there can only be only one! <laughs> you know, cannons fire! Yeah. Full Highlander. Full Highlander! <laughs> uh, the other one that I really like, actually, is more co-op. And god damn if the box isn't fuck all expensive. <laughs> uh, is anybody here in the room familiar with Descent? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Descent is very similar. It's the board game version of playing D&D. Okay. You, okay. You pick a character, you, and the character comes with a pre-generated class, of course, and my favorite is uh, Red Mantis. She kicks ass, don't need armor. Strong, independent monk woman who don't need no uh, sword. Yeah. <laughs> she kicks ass. Sweet. Monks oh. do that. Monks do that. But that one specifically does it better. That one specifically does it better. I like the fact that, you know, that character, compared to the others, doesn't need a bunch of gear and shit. Yeah. So right out of the box, you're ready to fight. Okay. Not so good on the healing side. Ready. Are you there to defeat the Huns? You're there to defeat... Walls can't <laughs> stop me! <laughs> uh, Descent, though, however, plays more like a D&D game, and it's got quality miniatures as well, but the box price is just insidiously insane. And the game is actually run by a game master. Oh, so interesting. So it makes it more like D&D. The game master's uh, whole shtick is to defeat the party. The party's whole shtick is to defeat the game master. So it's kind of like playing... Dungeons and Dragons, only in this case, you are legitimately out to fuck up the Game Master's plans. Okay, hey, let me ask you this. That notion aside of, you know, it being players versus the GM, say someone was trying to get into uh, D&D or Pathfinder, would you recommend that they play this game first so that they can get kind of a feel for what it might be like? If they have the money. If they have... Okay, yeah, that's fair. Uh, he gave to reference Games Workshop, but the uh, base price of the box, uh, last I checked, was about 120 Oh, Jesus. Holy yeah. cow. See, I saw that um, they have a Dark Souls board game. Um, it looked yeah. really cool, and it was getting good reviews. I go to uh, uh, a shop in the mall that I know carries a lot of board games, and I see it there, and I'm like, oh, sweet, they have it. Then I looked at the price sticker, $92. I'm like... I don't. I don't love Dark Souls that much. <laughs> well, I used to be. Really, I got the video games good enough. Yeah. Well, the the downside to uh, Descent, really, unlike uh, Talisman. Yeah. Descent has so many little tokens and just bits and pieces. Bits bobs and pieces and, and bobs. Like yeah, takes forever. Yeah. I can see that. See, that's the thing. Like that turns me off about some modern board games is. There is like, oh, it's almost like there's too much to do and too much to keep track of. You oh know? man, you want to talk about too fucking much? Look at yeah. Gloomhaven. Jesus fucking Christ, that's not a rules book. That's a fucking novella. <laughs> you need to read that whole fucking thing before you even attempt. That's like a week's worth of reading. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a lot of rules. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this: I wouldn't consider it a board game because it doesn't have an actual board. It's more 
I guess it's more card. But um, I got the Bloodborne board game, which no one will fucking play me with. Uh, play with me, whatever. Um, <laughs> hey, bro. Lonely we've all cries. been lonely before. Hey, Freudian slips. Leave me alone. Uh, you're in a room with three other dudes, and none of us are playing with you, except unless I pay Kaz. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a price. <laughs> I, anyway, before I trip over my words yet again, um, you know, if you're going to add lots of little components and pieces and tokens... <laughs> One dollar! I'm what? not that cheap. That's my dollar. You'd be contributing to science. <laughs> oh. Board game. Blood board, board game, yeah. Um, it's a fun board game, and I actually would like to bring it over sometime. Uh, I think you guys would enjoy it. But anyway, if you're going to add lots of bits and pieces, at least have a nice tray to organize them all in. Then that's the thing that Bloodborne got right, the board game. Um, it has... it. It's really nice to organize, and yeah, there's a lot of little um, tokens, or it's a game called them Blood Echoes, but you know, you don't have to worry about like tons of little baggies or getting a bunch of Ziplocs from the kitchen. You can just put it away real nice and, you know, no hassle when you want to play it a second time. Well, here's the thing, though. They screwed up because then what are you supposed to do when you put out the special edition two years later and it's like the whole price of the game, but it's just an empty box for you to organize your game shit in. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Red Dragon Inn. Fuck you. Oh, is that what they did? Yeah, that's what that big epic fucking box is. It's just a giant organizer. That's all. Is that's, it obvious that that's what it is, or does it seem like you're you getting the full game? You have to read the back. Uh, okay. Notice how the cover is not any new characters. It's all the existing characters to that point. I didn't notice that. I, I can half forgive that. I can half forgive that. Not for full price of game? No. Uh, all right. Yeah, I can kind of get that. And, like, you're talking about, you know, storage and put-away, right? Yeah. We, uh, last year we went to Spokon. Right? <laughs> Dark memories for some of us. I what do you mean? I had a great time. Me and my girl were just wandering around. Hey, I had a good time. For but what little there was to was do. Funny. We had more fun outside in the town than we did at the con. I mean, there's that. Um, but I picked up a game called uh, Dice Forge, which I still need someone to sit down and play with. So well, um, You guys can play with each other. Um, <laughs> But like, I unpacked it all, and it's got like a four-page booklet. Four or five page booklet is really small as far as the rules go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got, you know, fucking modular D6s. Hmm. Like, whack is that. But they're organized in a well enough way that you can, like, it comes with a little sheet that you kind of stick them all in, right? As well as slots for the dice, the yeah. cards. The I remember seeing you unbox that. The yeah. tiny little dink figurines. So. Like, it had a really clever and really good way to, like, store the stuff. Uh And it seems like it's going to be super fun when I finally get someone to sit down with it. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of board games like that. Like, I actually have a Sons of Anarchy game, which, um... You know, that's kind of the thing where you have, like, a TV or a video game or, like, a movie tie-in to a game. A lot of people will assume, oh, I need to watch or play or whatever said, uh... Show. Said source material. Yeah, said oh source material. Oh my god, memories. Yeah, but like I got a Sons of Anarchy board game, and it's really cool because it's like it's tile based, and you're it's all about um, it's all about strategizing whether you want to just you know go and claim all the territories, or if you want to screw over you know, and you have you can run guns, launder money, or uh, uh, 
move drugs around. So there's a lot of elements to the game without it getting too complicated. And it's a lot of fun. And like each um, faction, whether you play as like, you know, the Mayans, the One Niners, or the Sons of Anarchy themselves, you know, they have their own little faction bonus, which mixes the game up a little bit. But because most people haven't seen, well, at least that I try to get to play, haven't seen Sons of Anarchy, they assume, oh, well, I'm not going to get it because... Um, I, I haven't seen the show at all, which is really too bad, but you, the one time I did get to play it, and it exactly one time, uh, you know, uh, everyone really enjoyed it, even the people who hadn't seen Sons of Anarchy. So, uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm Thanks, just, Judge. Just going on a um, old oh. man moment here. All right. <laughs> but Let you her kids rip. nowadays are so goddamn lucky with this technology called DVDs. <laughs> and CDs, cause uh, talk about movie tie-ins. I got one. Oh when God, I, was a I can already see it. Fucking teenager, RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> you remember RoboCop? Yeah, my uncles had one with VHS. Yes. Yeah. They also had the Star Trek one. Oh my God. Yeah, like oh. RoboCop. Huh. As you're playing the board game, you actually had a uh, VHS cassette tape that yeah. came with it. You had to put that in the VCR, and when you got to like a certain point in the game, yeah, you know, you pull a card and it says, "Oh, fast forward to time index three point one five. So you have to sit there and fuck with your VCR and fast forward it to three minutes and fifteen seconds. Oh, play whoa. a scene out of the movie. Yeah. And then later on, you might draw another card that says, "Oh, yeah, fast forward to time index fifteen oh four. You got to do that all over again, or rewind it to that point. So you're constantly <laughs> rewinding and fast forward while trying to play the fucking board game. I can't imagine that. Say if you played that game a lot, like your tape would last very long from well, all the. That's the thing they didn't care. But when it came to the Star Trek one, oh my god! I know I, I've seen it played, and I never played it because well, fuck Star Trek. But um, new Star Trek anyway. Yeah. No, this one uh, Star Trek game, you literally start the VHS. And can and play until the VHS is over and then the game ends. <laughs> it's it's fucking dog shit and it's just that one fucking. So you get like the screen from the ship for a while, yeah. And then that one bug-eyed fucking Klingon appears on screen. Is like whoever is near this area, do the thing. Oh god, you have to do the thing. And oh my god, it's just horrifying. You know what that reminds me of? Did you guys ever play Seen It? Do you guys I've know what seen that is? It played. <laughs> I've never yeah. desired to do so. We played it at the shop once. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, in my family we had a uh, years ago when my brother and I were still kids. We had Disney seen it, and that was actually pretty fun. You know, you had the DVD, and uh, you know went around the board and had to watch little segments and answer questions, like trivia based off that or whatever. So that was a lot of fun. I, like, but yeah, you really don't see a lot of um, cross what would it be cross media games like that anymore. Yeah, I think they they realize that it's more hassle than it is good. Yeah. Half the time. I mean, it, it's a novel idea. It's a novel idea, and I think if it's pulled off perfectly, yeah. like you have, I don't know. It's a novel idea that's never gone viral. Ha. Yeah. Ah, I had to. <laughs> I think if you did something like augmented reality, like you you stuck the card into a little reader, and it would that reader would plug into your TV... Actually, there is... There was something like that. They had, like, oh, yeah. this Pokemon thing for the oh, GameCube. Oh, that reminds me of one oh, board God. game that you, I was you remember just that, trashing the shit out of when I was working at the shop. Yeah. And Allah, forgive me, but that game is trash. What game? I can't even remember the name of it. It's so trash. Okay, so we went to the um, Come and Play Day, which was hosted by You our... said come. That's funny. 
Yeah, yeah. It was hosted by our um, Supplier? distributor. Uh. So distributor, uh, you know, they would bring in uh, Privateer Press, they would bring in Mayfair Games, they bring in Paizo, you know, all the, the yeah. publishers and developers to showcase their upcoming stuff. And one of them showed up in, I don't even remember the, the, the fucking company, and it was a miniatures augmented reality board game thing. And like all, it was really clever technology. I'll give them that. Like okay. Each panel on the board. Yeah. You could basically use your QR code reader to read the panel of the board. Oh, that's interesting. And you could also use the yeah. QR reader on the pieces themselves. So if, huh. say, you are in Amsterdam, mm -hmm. Kaz is off in. You know, Belgium. Belgium. Uh, Blasphemous is in... I Mexico. Know, Mexico. Of course. And I'm you off would. in Chile, hanging out with my brother. <laughs> you know, like, all four of us could play this board game at the same time. Yeah. Using the QR codes and our cell phones. The problem is, their game came out at a time when, like, iPhone 7 was still new. Like, the latest, greatest technology. Yeah. And you needed specifically that phone is, to play the game. Is that the one you mentioned in a previous episode? About uh, owner of the LGS picking that over um, another board game? Yeah, I'm not going to go into details about that. I'm just going to say that... Did I say too much? Um, it's not I'm, I'm just, just going to say that the game is it's a novel concept. The problem, though, is, like you guys are saying, yeah. crossing the streams between technology and just simple board with cards. Yeah, yeah. It really doesn't seem to factor very well. Like, I was turned off by the RoboCop game as a kid. I've seen other games come and go. They've tried it with Dungeons & Dragons. They had a... Uh, shit, I think it was Greyhawk. They had a campaign where huh. you have put in a CD, and yeah. it would like explain things in the characters' voices to the players and stuff. That game didn't sell for shit. My copy, I got a discount at a second-hand store. Huh. And like I the new ones barely sold. They're... They're collector's pieces now because nobody liked them. I was just going to ask you if they were, like, ended up being collector's pieces because that sounds like something that totally would end up. It wound up a collector's oh. piece because mm. nobody would mm. buy it. Mm. And those who did buy it, you know, they would get into the game or whatever and then, like, what do you do when the CD doesn't cover a specific question the character has or some shit like that? I see. Yeah. And crossing the streams between technology and boards and dice mm. just really doesn't work out well. That and the price point on that game, I believe, was base of $70. Huh. And again, we're going back to that price point. Gamers like to get value per dollar. Yeah. And we're poor. Most gamers that I know have things called rent and children and car payments. Utilities. Insurance. Utilities, insurance. Yeah. yeah. So we, we can't just like float $70 for a game we're going to play like once a year. Yeah. If that. If that. Yeah. Blasphemous, I see you like ooh, ooh, ooing over there. We're talking about board games, and this totally slipped my mind until right when you mentioned that crossover and collector's items. We can't go over board games until we talk about Hero Quest. Hero Quest. I, man, that was after. That was before my time, so you guys are going to have oh, to yeah. take that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, Hero Quest? Holy shit. The <laughs> I know a garage that has one of the coolest battle maps you will ever see. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine, Nad, he's got. Like two card tables, mm. the big ones, like oh, eight Jesus. by uh, twos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's got like a four by eight table in his garage, just nothing but Hero Quest battle map. <laughs> thing is huge. So wait, hold on. You're saying he took like two or no? That'd be a couple of those maps and just put them together. Yes. See, that's the thing. Like that game, 
My again, my uncles had a copy because they were big fucking nerds. They also had the miniatures game with the X Men. Um, but like we had this shit, and I wish we would have kept it, or I would have known what happened to it. It probably got thrown out in the move. But like that game has become insanely expensive. Like you go to if you if you are lucky enough to find an incomplete copy now, you're looking to spend a hundred bucks. Seriously. Damn. Yeah, like that game just became a fucking overnight phenomenon when board games started to make a comeback, like what, 10 years ago? Something like that. Yeah, because that's yeah. when the Catan and all that shit came out, and people were like, board games, and then the old fogies such as the Gob would be like, yo, let's play a real game. And just, it was so well done. Yeah, I was like, let's play a real game, whip out a 44 Magnum, put one round, and it'd be like, this is how we do it in Mother Russia, bitches. Hoorah! <laughs> Well, no, like, Hero Quest, it was one of those games where less is more in certain respects, where it was, you discover the map as you go, not like most modern tile games, you're like, alright, I need to lay out these 100,000 tiles, put a bunch of these little pips in it, and then I gotta put this thing over them so the players can't see everything. Yeah. And it's just like, god fucking damn it, and cleanup takes almost as long as it takes to play the fucking game, and I don't have a full 48 hours of my weekend to set up, tear down, and play a game for like two hours until people get frustrated and leave. What was I going to say? I don't know. Uh, no, I remember now. Okay. I, I think we would actually uh, get, um, get some shit if we didn't mention Catan. Because, yeah. I mean, that was, that was really kind of the start of board games making and a big old comeback. The more modern era of them. More yeah. modern era, yeah. And we can't, mention, we can't mention Catan without mentioning Bob and Angus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, anybody who's seen the Bob and, Bob and Angus show would be, like, sold on anything Mayfair. Mayfair has the... Uh, Mayfair. Anything Mayfair games has to sell... Bob and Angus will sell it to you just by watching their show and enjoying the show. <laughs> and they're not even trying... Uh, what I really love about the way their sales technique worked in that is they did a YouTube series called The Bob and Angus Show. Angus was the black sheep who's, you know, I'm getting too old for this shit kind of personality. Yeah. And Bob is more of the, you know, new age gamer. Uh-huh. And, of course, their two personalities are constantly clashing and they're constantly just going at each other and talking shit and trying to play games and giving out different points about the gameplay, but they're not trying to hard sell. They're not like, oh, you need to buy this game. They're like, oh, this is how it's played. Yeah. And just by doing a couple of stupid puppets in a stupid puppet show with <laughs> okay writing, I'm sitting there and I'm watching like episode after episode, and I'm like, I want to play this game. Oh my god, it's working. <laughs> What's that? What was that YouTube channel that got real popular for playing board games? Table. Table? No. Uh, Cardboard uh, Herald? No. Are you talking about the one on Geek and Sundry? Yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, I think I was literally just tabletop, and I quit tabletop. watching that show when all the political shit started going on. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, the infestation has hit board games as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was, um, what are some other good board games? Oh, uh, Ticket to Ride. You guys ever play that one? Yes, and I want to pick up a copy for myself, especially because all of the expansions they have getting the classic versions now the hard part. Yeah, dude, I love Ticket to Ride. That game was yeah, sweet. You young gamers have it so easy these days. I- I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, one of the first games I picked up, and I, I was kind of actually into board games when I was young. Yeah. Uh, I would say pre-teen era. Like, I, I got Mad, uh, the board game. I got Othello, a bunch of these different board games. And I p- found one, and I'm like, ooh, Light, Cheat, and Steal. Huh. It's a game about basically being uh, cat burglars slash spies. You know, you're, you're. It's like a Steve Jackson game, but the rules say you can cheat in front of other players. 
Oh, interesting. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah, because we all, we all know the Steve Jackson rule is if somebody didn't call you out on it, it's a legal move. Huh. Right? Steve Jackson games, they actually stated specifically in the rule books, cheating is not allowed, but if you don't get caught, it's not cheating. Right? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so there, there are times where you're getting like, somebody gets up from the table and you steal one of their items, you know, and nobody else, the fucking table calls you out on it. It's a legal move. <laughs> Unless that player comes back and says, hey, where's my sword? You didn't cheat. Well, lie, cheat, and steal. The board game is like that, but you're brazenly doing it in front of people. And you're basically just trying to outmaneuver other players. Okay. And this was during the 80s. Yeah. During the satanic panic. <laughs> <laughs> the best time to be a gamer. It's probably why I'm not so much in the board games these days, because I found myself in the principal's office, literally oh, holding the game manual in my hands as the principal is sitting with the, the box itself on his table with all the playing pieces and tokens. And he's like, does this game really teach you how to lie, cheat, and steal? And I'm like, it says right here on the manual, this is a game. And I read the fucking disclaimer off to him verbatim, and I was like, it's a game. I am so sorry you had to put up with that shit. That's, <laughs> dude, that reminds me of, like, um, fucking uh, when Pokemon cards were the oh, big yeah. thing. And uh, granted, Pokemon, when the first cards were still a little before my time, but... Um, I remember those. Yeah. I had those. First of all, let me just say... What was sweet for me is that my aunt was an elementary school teacher at a private school, and they got to a point where they had to confiscate the uh, the cards, and so she got a bunch of like valuable old-time Pokemon cards, and guess who they went to? Yep. The moniker. But then this asshole kid who lived across the street from me took advantage of the fact that I was a gobble little fuck, and then he swindled them from me, and I still haven't gotten them back. Easy come, easy go. Yeah. I hope he's dead. Yeah, can you imagine, like, these days? <laughs> I'm sure people like, hope your aunt was dead. Jesus, man. Can, can you imagine <laughs> trying to explain that playing Catan does not actually teach you the skills to trade wood for wool? <laughs> you mean you have wood for sheep? Yeah, Fucking trading, Scotsman. Yeah, wood for sheep. You know, it's like, you're sitting there, like, somebody's, does this game really teach you how to trade sheep for wood? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, or um, oh man, what was the other one? Uh, especially at a Catholic school that I went to, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, because that no. I was right in time for Yu-Gi-Oh, and you know they had things like Dark Magician and you know shit like that, and everyone was just like, no, this is heresy. <laughs> so yeah, you, oh man, you, you better pray you didn't get caught on the playground with Yu-Gi-Oh cards because. There was bad shit. Yeah, well, there was there's retribution always for been that. like some sort of weird pushback, and it's really strange because those who are in the know, yeah, have it in their heads that this is obviously a play or a parable or you know just an anagram or some other crazy shit. It's not the real deal. Yeah, it's... don't have to worry about it. And then you have some outsider look at it and be like, "Oh my god, this card for Dark Ritual in Magic Fourth Edition has a pentagram on it." Yeah. Or a demonic tutor. Or demonic tutor. Or fucking any number of shit. Hey, do you guys yeah. remember when the art on demonic tutor tutor used to be cool? Yeah, in fact, I have a copy of it. You actually yeah. know that the original demonic tutor yeah. uh, from Magic, there's a reason why the demonic tutor looks familiar. Oh, really? Yes, look at Shang Tsung from oh, the original no. Mortal Kombat. Oh, dude, I can totally see that. Yeah, they modeled that the face of the demonic tutor yeah. off of the actor. That's, um, that's fucking also cool. The Fallen Angel card. Yeah. They modeled her face off of Fuck Nuts, the Amazing. 
Oh yeah, fuck nuts the amazing. Yes, fuck nuts the amazing. Yeah, that's what we're gonna call it. Uh, a classic American hero. Uh, no, not girls just want to have fun. The other one, fuck. She's become so irrelevant. I forgot her name and put it in place for like world books and storage of game materials. Not Cindy Lauper. No, not Cindy Lauper. The one Cindy Lauper uh, accuses of destroying her career. Spears? No, not Spears, man. Lopper was way Madonna? before Spears. Madonna, that's right. Ha, yeah, fucking right. Madonna. Yeah, Madonna. Uh, okay, so... She needs to fuck off. I'm yeah, she sorry. does need to fuck off, but when the original um, Fallen Angel card came out, yeah. they modeled the Fallen Angel's face off of Madonna's. <laughs> that's clever. That, there, that there's, is... a, there's little sneaky things in there. That's a fun little backhand. <laughs> you know what? Um, another game that's been called to mind is Axis and Allies. I never did play Axis and Allies. Axis and Allies is a very long game. Not because there's a whole bunch of pieces, but because you're basically playing out the entirety of World War II. Sweet. Oh, there there are two games I gotta mention real quick that were great old games that I fucking love to play all the time. What? Risk, of course. Yes! There it is. Yep. But Stratego. Oh, I was just thinking Stratego too. We had the classic one with the little triangle things that had the dude's pictures on it yeah oh my god i was always a dick i put i always put my uh, commander in the front row <laughs> and just assaulted the shit out of things and kept winning dude i always wanted stratego growing up but i never got it but yeah i'm glad you brought up risk because i have never seen a board game where people are so fucking divided on it so blasphemous i know that you're a cool person and you like risk as you rightly should yeah. what about you two what do you what are your the takes problem on risk? I have with risk is whoever's winning is in Australia? No, they eventually Zerg rush. Yeah. They, they become an unstoppable juggernaut, even if the rest of the players are like, okay, let's stop fucking each other over and take care of this guy. By the time you have, like, an entire continent taken, you can just Zerg rush everybody. Yeah. Well, it yeah. depends on the continent, because the hardest one to hold is Asia, and that's where you get the greatest amount of extra everything. troops and yeah. everything. Yeah. I... I am a little bit burned out on Risk. I played a lot, a lot, a lot of Risk. Okay, with, that's and fair. for that matter, Axis and Allies. I'm burned out on both of those. Dude. But I played those, those with my current re uh, roommate. You know him as Mr. Wizard. Oh, yes, Mr. Wizard. Yeah, know it all. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Wizard. Um, I'm going to kill your children. <laughs> we don't get along, so, you know, we can make threats at one another passively, and it's okay. Fair. Yeah, um, it's how and, we have a mutual love hate relationship. We just love to hate each other. Yeah, <laughs> and like he'll grow up someday. The two <laughs> of us and like his family, we would play Risk. We would play Axis and Allies, and it got to the point that I just got burnt out on it because yeah, like, I like yeah. real time strategy games. I absolutely loved the shit out of them during those days. That was prime time StarCraft era. Yeah. Well, but, not a board game entirely. I did play a variant form of Risk. Oh, uh, back it? around when I was nineteen through twenty-one. Okay. Yeah, there was a local speakeasy, and I'd go there to pick up chicks. <laughs> it was like no condom Friday. Sweet. Yeah, that was totally a, a different way I play Risk entirely. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, see now the modern <laughs> days, you, you play right. Risk, you don't know what's under there. Yeah. Well, yeah. But back then, you know, like losing the game would cost you eighteen years. <laughs> what was I gonna say? Um, oh, goodness. Yeah, no, I, I'll get to being burnt out on a game myself, but maybe if you're interested, Kaz, I've actually got. Um, and going back to our thing about um, 
multimedia tie-ins. It's a Metal Gear Solid version of Risk. And uh, what's cool is it has Outer Haven from Metal Gear Solid 4. So it's a country that can float around the map. And it's actually really good at fucking around whoever is in the number one spot. On top of that, depending on what character you choose, whether you, you know, you're like Solid Snake, Liquid Ocelot, um, you know, it, it's just uh, faction variations that can mess with other players or, you know, boost your own armies and stuff like that. So, and I know I've told the story, but God damn it, I was eyeing that game in our LGS for like two years, finally got the money for it. Bring it home that night. Shih Tzu puppies chew the corner of the box off. Oh, no. Yeah, as long as they didn't yeah. eat the inside. No, they part. didn't, but the box is still scarred to this day. I was livid. Oh, but I've never understood. As long as it holds the shit still, I don't care. Like, I literally, our Monopoly one is so old yeah. that over half of the box is just fucking packing tape with the little fucking stripes of plastic in it. No, I, I mean, I get that. And, like, today it doesn't really bother me. But, you know, just the fact that I was eyeing that thing for two years and then the night I finally bring it home, it gets damaged and it's like, fuck. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when it comes to being burnt out on a game, there was a. It came out in mid 2000s. Do you guys remember hearing about one called Heroescape? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember Heroescape with like the tiles and shit. Yeah, yeah dude. The amount of promotion that game got, and um, my folks got it for me for Christmas. And trying to figure that game out, even the easy setting, or like the easy way of playing the game, it was just so convoluted because it was almost like baby's first Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the little fucking hex tiles were the only reason to get that. Yeah, for real. Like, honestly, what my brother and I ended up doing, we, we would just make our own adventures up and just use the little characters and, you know, make them do their own little things. But anyway, uh, when we got older, some of the neighbor kids um, who we grew up with, we introduced that game to them when we were a little older, and they thought it was just the coolest thing, and I shit you not, every day without fail for like two months that's all they wanted to do for hours and just after that my brother and i we did not touch that game again <laughs> i still have it but god damn <laughs> right god damn god that's, damn you know i like i'm realizing you know chess yeah right chess same idea the classicest of board games well, the game of kings. Classicist is my new word. Classicist. Well, no, because Classicist. there is the royal game of Ur, which I really like. Oh. Huh. We learned something today, folks. Like, um, chess, I understand, okay. and I'm halfway decent at. But at the same token, like, I can't get myself to play more than a game every four or five months. Oh, really? Like, one game. I used to play that shit and it tends to take It tends to take a little bit of prodding to get me to do it, because, like, I'm burnt out on it, you know? I'm gonna play. I, uh, I kind of wish I still had a chessboard. I'd like to learn to play again. I got a glass chessboard over there. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. I know I've got one, too. It's sitting somewhere at home. Sweet. Well, dude. the easiest way to play chess is you take, say, the rook. Yeah. And you put him in a sock. <laughs> where are you going with this? And then you run up going. on your opponent with said slot. <laughs> And just beat the crap out of them. <laughs> that would you, be the version you would if like. If you don't have two rolls of quarters, it won't do as much damage, but it'll still hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> just saying. Or you go for the bishop with all the pointy edges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, that, don't use the knight, because if it hits sideways, it's got more surface area. That's the game Goblin edition of chess coming to a <laughs> local game store near you. 
<laughs> I'm going to wake you up by bashing your knees with a slock. <laughs> a slock. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah. we are at the 45-minute mark. Which All right. It's time for rapid fire. Woo! Woo! All right, so... Which is our gaming news, and uh, we are going to open up... Gaming news. I don't have music for this yet. Yet. Guns are blazing. Go, go, Guns go. Guns blazing. Anyway, for the rapid fire, I've got some gaming news that I've got to throw down. Okay. Uh, before it became a meme, yeah, you know, one of those early gaming things that actually brought us together because you could whip out the Konami code. <laughs> oh. oh. People would identify you by it. You'd be like, up, down, up, down, left, right, select chart, blah, 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 blah. You know, okay, I fucked it up, but hey, it's rapid fire, whatever. Getting <laughs> the point across here. The uh, original creator of the Konami code is now dead. Oh. He died uh, this week. Let's have a moment of silence. Well, Shut it knows how it works. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, he died, and this was, you know, the code growing up back in the '90s that you could tell somebody else was a gamer. Yeah, like they would whip out the Konami code before doing something difficult in real life. You know, like it's time to take out the diapers, and he like recounts the Konami code like a ritual, and you're like, oh, a fellow gamer, you know Contra. Yeah, you know, so. That that was like one of the first things that became a meme, or you know, one of those urban like viral spreads. It was of a deal. viral spread. It was the handshake everyone learned in order to say, "Yes, I am nerd." Yeah. And now we have in shit like Wreck It Ralph and all kinds of other fucking mainstream shit, and it, it's just kind of yeah. like eh. it's you, lost. It's it's lost that that sort of uniqueness that it had in the era that it wasn't popular. Yeah. Do you guys remember cheat code books? No, oh, yeah, you remember yeah. when those were a thing? Yeah. yeah, dude, I got one. And I thought it was like, oh, I have all the forbidden knowledge. They were for like third party, just like shit games. Uh, like a majority the of them were how to un- just like uh, unlock cards in like a Yu-Gi-Oh Game Boy game. I remember having to buy books that had Game Genie codes in them. Oh wow! Because they would come out with new uh. codes. But yeah, the uh, dude who uh, came up with the Konami codes, he's dead now. Passed away. Goodbye. Also in gaming news this week, funny stuff. Yeah. If you want to call it that. Uh, just game developers need to do things for their own benefit. We all know this. Mm-hmm. And already E3 2020 is looking to become a ghost town because those who are jumping in are moving out. Also, one of the Japanese companies, I want to say Namco Bandai, but it's not them. Shit. Like Madonna, it slipped my mind right when I need to say it. <laughs> uh, but a Japanese game developer, probably Konami, maybe, or Namco. Anyway, whatever the point. They're pulling out of a game conference here due to coronavirus concerns. Well, that's okay. that's fair. That That is more than fair. People are like, hey, you know what? We're going to pull out of this game conference because there's going to be a bunch of people there and there's a highly virulent virus going around fucking shit up. We're not going. We're going to do all our stuff on the interwebs. You can check us out there. Yeah. Which I, I'm totally behind. So like, the point is not the safe. fact that... Yeah, I, oh my God. The point here is Japanese company. Uh-huh. Okay? And the irony does not fucking slip past me one bit. Because they're being called racist for pulling out. 
It's not because they have health concerns, but they're like, yeah, we're not showing up and we're listing coronavirus as our reason why we're pulling out. And the offended woke Bullshittery. The bullshittery. They're like, that's racist. How is it racist to protect your people? How is it racist to protect your company Uh, investment of time, of effort, of ideas, money, people, of money? How is that racist uh, to apparently protect Apparently because that. the uh, the outrage machine considers it a dig on China or something. No! I, I know. There's no I know. relation! But the what has Japan that... ever made a dig on China? I know, right? <laughs> 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 right? <laughs> Let's no, completely just, disregard all of history. The, the irony, though, is the fact that they're getting called racist for pulling out for health concerns because of anti-Chinese sentiment. <laughs> and he's like, really? Seriously? That's just fucking ridiculous. So oh. now it's racist not to get sick. <laughs> um, call me a racist, because not sick I will be. Yeah. Um. Other gaming news, right? Other gaming news. Uh, this happened last week, sometime. Um, but CD Projekt Red gave a tweet regarding Cyberpunk 2077, and this is a really cool thing. Another delay? Not a delay, but a, a full note that... People who purchase Cyberpunk 2077 for the Xbox One will get the free upgrade DLC that transfers it to the new, whatever the new Xbox Kojima system is free of charge because, and I quote, no gamer should have to pay for a game twice. And CD Projekt Red, I, vodka and Slavic magic, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. If so They are right behind Ubisoft right now as far as the top company over there for making video games. Yeah. Ubi should be scared. Damn yeah. right they should. <laughs> with with the amount of detail and and like work that they're putting into Cyberpunk and even the Witcher series in the past. Yeah. Earning um our our boy Jiggles just yesterday was telling me about um his experience playing The Witcher Three Um on the Switch. And you know, I, I had no doubt that uh, CD Projekt Red would take good care of it, but all, pr- what he was saying is, you know, a lot of the graphic things, um, graphical issues that a lot of people were complaining about, they just they just listen to uh, all the feedback and they fix it. You know, not like out of not out of a area of this should have been done, so we're going to pretend like we're listening and fix it. Out of legitimately, players are finding things um, that may have slipped past them in their finished product, and they're fixing those, you know? Unlike Blizzard, who listens to feedback by going, alright, fine, shut it down. Yeah. Right? Fucking Blizzard. Or there's always what Wizards do in the actual IRL gaming stuff, where they're like, oh, you have an issue? Well, it's going to be two years before we can change anything, so you need to suffer through for two more fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, also in entertainment mass media news, uh, on my end anyway, I don't know what you guys got yet, but I mentioned this earlier before the podcast, but I have to mention it now that the microphones are on. Okay. Mulan! Oh, boy. Buckle up, kiddos. Let's get down to business. Down to business. The Outrage Machine is once again pissed off and livid at the director of Mulan, who, mind you, she is now put in the stance of having to defend her position for getting hired and directing Mulan because she's not Asian. Apparently, we need women directors. We get one. But now she's not Asian enough. Too bad Caucasian doesn't fall in that category. So, 
Really outraged machine. You got a female director. She's actually got a really good litany of things that she's done in the past to earn her position. So I can't even complain because I like a meritocracy. She has the merit to pull off what she got for the position. Let her direct the movie. For fuck's sake, it's Mulan. We don't need to pull somebody out of Wu-Flu land to direct Mulan to appease the outraged community. It's a movie. Let it be entertaining. Dude, you said Caucasian. Is it funny that the word has uh, that that word has the word cock in it? Isn't it is great? funny that word has yeah. cock in it. It's yes. pretty funny. I like that. Yes, it's, it's better to be a, a <laughs> yeah. cock Asian than an ass Asian. <laughs> yeah, Caucasian. Oh god, cock Asian. Yeah, that, that oh, just that just made my day goblin. Or a cunt Asian. Cunt Asian. Because <laughs> hey, as we all know, Goddamn. from Team America, there is very little difference between an asshole and a pussy. It's about an inch and a half. I can hear the inspirational music already. All right, who's rapid-firing next, assuming you're done? I am done. Who's rapid-firing next? So, another tragic news. Um, we lost the computer programming industry, and nowadays modern uh, ability to edit things, is the Control-Alt-Delete, the man who... Um, actually, no, copy, cut, copy, and paste commands. So, Control-C, Control-V, Control-Z, right? I hate those buttons. The whole idea being for like word processing and image posting and whatever other crap you want to do. Yeah. The creator of that set of commands for which is now standard on everything uh-huh. has also died. Oh. Yet Glory no- to me and my computer. I shall issue new commands to it now that he has passed. Well, you know, these things always happen in threes without fail. Yeah. Well, we've had two programmers so far. Yeah, I'm gonna have another one soon, I'm sure. Yep, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Bill isn't a pro. Well, I can say shit about Bill, but you know we're here in Washington, so and I want to stay on his good side just in case I bump into him and ask for like a college grant. Because <laughs> <laughs> Bill has been known to just hand money to people for going to school, so that'd be really cool of him if he just swung by one day on like a. Hey, let's take bus. a trip down to Mercer Island. Let's That's do great. it. I don't think he's on Mercedes Island. I thought he was. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, rapid fire. Who's next? Oh, I'll, I'll take it. So, one thing that I'm very excited for. Um, there's... So, they're doing the Psychic Awakening, as we all know, as the kind of next major narrative happening in Warhammer 40k. This month, now that it is March, the greenest of months, we are getting a new Gazgul model, and better yet, they retconned it so his personal Banawaiva, the Grot Makari, is no longer dead. They're bringing him back with a new model, the new campaign book, and a new Gazgul model that will actually look super badass compared to all the new characters that are coming out. So I am stoked for that. No longer will Makari be dead from having been sit on by Gazgul Thraka. Now, see, brothers... See, he, here's the one major thing that you're going to face problems with. Money. Yep. Money, money, money. Cha-ching. Hey, I can still be excited about it. That's free. <laughs> All right. Blast Miss, you got the last one on the fucking podcast. Hit us with it. <laughs> All right. Here's a big thing. When it comes to gaming, this isn't so much news or anything, but trying to find a proper shelving to hold all of your gaming uh, accoutrements, books, boards, <laughs> all that. Jesus Christ, I'm looking out there in the market and there ain't shit. And you try to go to one of these places that have similar to, you know, gaming tables for D&D, what have you. And they're like, oh, yeah, we've got a shelf. Just give us five grand 
oh yeah, it'll hold all the way to your books, and then you look at reviews and it's like, no, they fucking don't. So I think it's something we should all strive to do here is get out there, all of you woodworkers, all of you craftsmen out there who are nerding out. Build you hear a that shelf, Samsung? come up with make a, us a table. Make us a table. Uh, put out uh, stuff for shelves. I will fucking buy it from a local person if I know that they're a gamer and love to woodwork and do stuff. And it is awesome that you guys do this. And I want that to be supported, goddammit. I know a dude, but he's in Indiana. Yeah, guys, come on, work that wood. No, this dude's woodworking. He works the wood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. boy. All nice. right, well, that's it for uh, this week's podcast. All right. Do we have any final thoughts? Um, I think Rapid Fire might take the point of final thoughts. Yeah. Oh, is that what we're doing now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because our final cool. thoughts usually get a little um and uh Yeah, we do. All right. Well, All right. I got my final thought. Oh, God damn it. Caucasian. <laughs> Caucasian. All right, so that's it. Game Goblin going back to my lair. Uh, the moniker, uh, done with his stupidity for this week. Bye. Darth Blasphemous signing off. Kazakhan, back to the skies. Darth Blasphemous, you are my favorite chapter master. Blunt Force Gamers. You are whatever muddies the white. I'm killing Steve Shives. I am so blue ball on fucking EA right now. It means hold on, fuck. Durr. Pay me rent, bitch. Hey! I paid for a tool here, you fucker! Three, two, one. Ready? Hello. Feeling tired at the gaming table? Unsure if your game needs inspiration? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Now there's a podcast untamed by political correctness that may bring your game some added invigoration, whether it is video gaming, tabletop gaming, or card gaming. Each episode may contain unusual amounts of truth, logic, opinions based on personal experiences, half-assed insights, and random bullshit. The BFG podcast is not recommended for children under 18, nor for children over 18, and is not suitable for those who are nursing, pregnant, recently pregnant, or for those who can get others pregnant. Each episode may also contain crude and or puerile humor, humor of a racist, sexist, nihilist, ableist, jingoist, ageist, or fatalist commentary. Warning. Excessive listening to the podcast may cause the following conditions. Tremors, sweating, facial twitching, premature ejaculation, postulant tumors, nausea, headaches, dizziness, swelling in the left kneecap, lucid dreaming, daydreaming, night terrors, involuntary convulsions, a condition known as sausage fingers, spontaneous rectal combustion, autoerotic asphyxiation, an unusual desire to your friend parasitic space monsters, Bigfoot sightings, and uncontrollable face palming. Lactation is known to occur in both men and women. Do not listen to BFG if you suffer from any of the following conditions. Social justice whining, passive aggressive hippie syndrome, high speed battles with a Nexus 6, table flipping rage quitting, or diagnosed as having no sense of humor. Ask your doctor if asking your doctor is right for you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know.